Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Hey everyone, Roto World's Josh Norse here with the final episode of Week 7 for your fantasy football action. Um, obviously on Thursday's episode it was Raymond Summerlin, Nick Minzio, Rich Rebar. Go check that one out if you haven't. It's good through, obviously, Sunday. Um, but first you should listen to this one. I'll have Roto Pat on later um, talking about his rankings, picking on them as per usual. But right now... Evan Silva is on, and Evan's matchups column is obviously on the website right now. Uh, plenty of words talking about this game about football, but Evan, let's pick a few names. And the first one is Brandon Marshall, obviously, of the Jets in a very different situation this week with Geno Smith uh, starting at quarterback. Um, I don't mean to you know lead you in a certain direction, but... Does this help him or hurt him compared to his recent weeks? I don't think it hurts him at all. Um, there was a game last year, it was on November 1st in Oakland, and Gino played pretty much the whole game. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick started the game, lasted like a few plays, and then Gino played three plus quarters. And Brandon Marshall had 18 targets. And he finished with over 100 receiving yards. I mean, this just looking at it from a spot standpoint, it's the same spot that OBJ was in last mm-hmm. week, that Odell Beckham was in last week. And, um, I mean, the Jets just have no prayer of running the ball on the Ravens, who ranked number one in football outsiders run defense DVOA. And, I mean, they're going to have to sling it to, to move the ball. Um, and Quincy Anunwa has actually seen even less work with uh, Eric Decker on the shelf. And, I mean, Brandon Marshall is the kind of guy who can kind of get into Geno Smith's head and just hmm. just throw me the ball, just throw me the ball. And um, I, I think Brandon Marshall, in a week where A.J. Green and Mike Evans and Julio – and I think Allen Robinson and Ty are all going to be targeted a lot. Will they'll all be popular? Right. Uh, I think that Brandon Marshall will go overlooked because mm-hmm. people will be like, oh, well, Geno's his quarterback. Um, I don't. I don't even know that it's a a bad. I don't think it's a bad thing. Number one, and I. I don't. I, 
I wouldn't even go go as far as to say it's it's not a good thing. I mean, he's just going to be getting the ball a ton. He's awesome. It's a good matchup. I think Brandon Marshall crushes it this week. I, I didn't prepare you for this question, Evan, so I'm going to throw it at you. Um, how, like, bad would you feel about playing Geno Smith and Cash this week at just, what, five Gs on Vandal? <laughs> well, I'm going to guess that he will outscore Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Evan and I are both tilting watching this uh, Packers. Bears game a little bit. I can't. I mean, Devontae Adams just just it's a career game, man. And, and Jordy Nelson and Cameron Meredith, of course, doing nothing. It's awesome, awesome. Uh, but Gino, like, what do you do? You, like, do you would you advise anyone on playing him in cash, or do you think that there are just some cheaper options like Alex Smith, like Kirk Cousins? Um, obviously, a little bit more expensive, but on the cheaper side. And the reason that you play cheap guys is to get studs in, okay? Right. So, Geno Smith is probably going to beat value, and even if he doesn't, you can still be okay because, again, the reason that you play cheap guys is to get studs in. So, if your studs go off, you're going to be fine. And I'm not going to discourage anyone from from doing that. And it's kind of a pivot from the cheap running backs if you don't want to go in that direction. So if you still want to get studs at other spots, then cheap at the quarterback is an interesting play. I mean, you you could even go go cheap at quarterback and cheap at both of your running back spots, lock in a lot of value, guys who are likely to just beat value, and then play the best three receivers on the board and Gronk and the best defense right. that you can get. I mean, there, there are a lot, a lot of ways to win. Man. Um, how about LeGarrette Blunt? Um, this is a player who obviously yeah. was relied on a lot earlier in the season, and then kind of as soon as Tom Brady came back, people got super nervous, at least uh, owners of him on their roster. Um, he's kind of saved his production in recent weeks, I guess is one way of putting it because of some short touchdowns, but that's just LeGarrette Blunt's game, is it not? Yeah, that's LeGarrette Blunt's game. I mean, you you summed it up pretty well. He's got 18 and 15 touches since Tom Brady came back. And, I mean, he was never going to be like David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) You know, I don't don't know what what, what people that were all worried about were thinking. I mean, of course he was not going to get 25, 30 touches a game anymore. But, I mean, I don't think anybody was ever expecting that. Uh, he he's still been very productive in fantasy, and I think that he will continue to be. We saw, I mean, the the Steelers' run defense has really really fallen apart. Um, we saw a couple of weeks ago it just got smashed by Wendell Smallwood and Kendall Barner, and uh, last week he got smashed by Jay Ajayi, and uh, the Steelers are missing Cameron Hayward badly, and uh, it looks like Ryan Shazier may come back. This week, but he, I mean, this dude, like, can't even make it through a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's hes a mess health-wise. This is a revenge game for Laguerre Blunt. I mean, the, the Steelers cut him in 2014. Uh, I actually look, forgot he played for them until, like, this week when people were mentioning that. They, they made him look real bad in the media after he, like, he got in trouble with Le'Veon Bell. Of, of course, the Steelers oh, weren't going to say yeah. anything. Yeah, the, the Steelers weren't going to say anything about 
Le'Veon Bell because they, you know, they had a, a multi-year commitment to him at the time. Uh, but they wound up cutting LeGarrette Blunt, putting out a lot of bad stories about him. I think that Belichick makes sure that LeGarrette Blunt gets a, gets a TD like this it. week. And I think that uh, this is a game where the, the, the Patriots come out playing really fast to open the game. Steelers are unable to generate any kind of offense, really, with Landry Jones at quarterback. Andrew Jones is so bad. He had a four-interception game in a preseason game. He's really bad. <laughs> He's really um, bad. I think the Patriots build a big lead, and then they put the ball in LeGarrette Blunt's belly, and I think LeGarrette Blunt has a big game uh, in, in a revenge game. Uh, when we were leading up to this, Evan, uh, you said you wanted to talk about the Chiefs running backs uh, because, yeah. quote, everyone's got it wrong. Um, you can go ahead and take it from there. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote in my column last week that Spencer Ware was likely to remain the Chiefs feature back with Jamal Charles just getting sprinkled in maybe in the old Sharkandrick West role. And I even put like quotes in there from the coaches, from Andy Reid and Brad Childress, their OC, strongly suggesting that Jamal Charles would not have a big role. And I got a bunch of feedback on it that I, I was wrong about this. You know, Jamal Charles, he, he, he was going to be ready to roll. And, I mean, he, he did end up having, I think, like 70 total yards and a touchdown. And, I mean, his role is going to grow by the week. But Spencer Ware is the play in the Chiefs' backfield. And especially this week with, with the Chiefs at home, facing a Saints offense that struggles mightily on the road, and I think we'll struggle mightily again uh, at Arrowhead. You know, the way that the Chiefs should game plan this, and I think that they almost certainly will, uh, is to just run the ball down the Saints' throat. And that's going to be primarily with Spencer Ware. Um, I don't think Spencer Ware fantasy owners have anything to worry about uh, at, at this moment in time. I think Jamal Charles is still useful in fantasy. Um, and again, he'll start to get more touches. Uh, I think he looked good last week, but Spencer Ware is the feature back, and uh, he's he's a great, great fantasy play at home against a bad Saints run defense. Let's finish up with some tight ends, because obviously Greg Olson is on a bye. Jason Wynn is too, but I don't know if that applies for anything. Um, you like Jack Doyle and Cam Brate this week. Yeah, um, I think my favorite three streamer tight ends this week are Jack Doyle, Cameron Brait, and Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, of course, is contingent on Jordan Reed not playing. We will find out more about that uh, on Friday afternoon. Um, But Cameron Brait is an excellent play. He is very quietly second on the Buccaneers in um, red zone targets behind Mike Evans. I mean, right behind him. It's like Mike Evans has seven and Cameron Brait has six. And then Cameron Brait also has the most targets on the Bucs inside the opposing 10-yard line. He's been playing 80% of the Buccaneers' snaps over their last three games. And uh, the 49ers have just been getting crushed by tight ends all year long, really get crushed by every position, um, but but tight ends included. 
and Cameron Bray is really cheap in daily fantasy. He's not owned in a lot of season long leagues. You know, if you like stop playing Zach Ertz, <laughs> right? And play, that should know, be a slogan. Yes, stop playing Zach Ertz and play Cameron Brait. He's a much better fantasy option. Uh, Jack Doyle is another guy who's super cheap in daily fantasy. You remember last week we talked about getting in the stud running backs and some of the sacrifices that you had to make. Um, you know, even if some of your sacrifices didn't work, like we talked about C.J. Uzoma. Right. Uh, the reason that you w- were trying, were willing to make sacrifices was to get in LaShawn McCoy's three-touchdown game. you know. Um, and this week is the same for wide receivers. You want to get in Mike Evans. You want to get in A.J. Green. You, know, you, you want to get in Julio. I think Allen Robinson has a shot at a really big week. Um, and, of course, Brandon Marshall, who I mentioned before. So going cheap at tight end is a very viable option. Jack Doyle already has a two-touchdown game this year. He had he scored a touchdown last week. Um, he played Dwayne Allen left on the first drive, and then Jack Doyle wound up playing ninety percent of the Colts' offensive snaps. Um, if you look at the Colts' receiver core, you know just a, a bunch of small guys. You know, T.Y. Hilton is under six foot. Chester Rogers is under six foot. Philip Dorsett, I'm not even sure he's going to play, but he he also is under six foot. Jack Doyle six foot five. 250 pounds Colts are going to get in the red zone a couple of times against the Titans and Jack Doyle is going to be their best option down there I think he's got a a good shot at a touchdown this week you all can find much more information just like that in Evan's matchups column Um, Evan thanks so much for joining me appreciate it man thanks Josh and Roto Pat's coming up right now all right, back with everyone's favorite segment of the week. At least it is mine, and I'm sure it is Patrick Doherty's as well because we get to look at his rankings, figure out what I disagree with, maybe some other people disagree with that I've been reading, and make Pat defend himself while I don't have to do that with my own opinions. So, Pat, what's up, buddy? How you doing? So this is also my favorite uh, weekly podcast segment because it may only be my only, only yeah. weekly okay. podcast you. segment. But uh, now, I mean, I usually do do like two or three podcasts a week, but this is my only every week well, podcast. So uh, yeah, it's by far my favorite. I, I will say, Pat, that <laughs> even though I'm the one that picks up these names and usually it's backed up with, you know, something, uh, you've been doing really well in terms of, I wouldn't say your win-loss record, but in terms of defending them <laughs> and, and afterwards and, and the week playing out and and it playing out the way you think it does. So uh, with that said, let's start with one that our own Lord Reeves disagrees with you on. Uh, Pat, you have <laughs> – and, and I should say this. We're recording this early, and so obviously these rankings might change up until Sunday because Pat does that, and you should check them out, obviously, on RotoWorld.com. But the first one is Matthew Stafford at quarterback four, and kind of hand-in-hand hand with that, Marvin Jones at wide receiver 12. They are both busts on Reeves' worksheet. So, Pat, why are you so confident in their play this week up against the Washington Redskins? First off, can you just believe what an idiot Reeves is? Man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> it's not like I read and highlight his entire article. Yeah, it's not like he's like literally one of the three most respected people in the industry <laughs> and a genius. Besides that, he's just an idiot. It's not like he um, writes all those thousands of words and has a full-time job on the side. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, yeah. Reeves is a marvel. And 
You know, I'm going to be lying if I said, yeah, I was like super duper enthused about Matthew Stafford as the QB4. But kind of before getting into everyone behind him, it's like a, just a really rough week behind him. It's like a, a week with a lot of bad matchups for like a lot of the top quarterbacks. And he is the QB7 by average points. Uh, he's third in passing touchdowns and he's at home. And, you know, and he's this is not a good reason. But, I mean, Matthew Stafford's the kind of guy, you know, has a bad matchup and he throws for five touchdowns. He has a good matchup, and he throws for zero touchdowns. And the Redskins' pass defense is definitely coming on. You know, now Bashad Breeland's back, and, you know, much an improving unit. But just with the game being in Detroit, and he's he's got enough weapons. He's been pretty darn good this year. And, like, you, know, you got Drew Brees on the road this week. Uh, you got Andy Dalton in a, against the Browns where – you know, maybe they won't have to pass a ton. You got struggling Aaron Rodgers. You got Andrew Luck struggling and on the road against a tough pass defense in the Titans. So just think it's a rough week at quarterback. And basically, like a lot of these weeks, I take whoever who whoever's questions I like like the most. I right. rank the highest. So like so yeah, I mean it's not like I'm thrilled about Stafford and I definitely have questions about his week seven prospects, but to me they're just less daunting than the people behind him. And it's it's a one dimensional offense, is it not? So like you know they're going to throw the football even though Washington has been run on all season long. Yes. So yeah, it's just yeah, there's yeah, this is kind of one of those, you know, it, it's like a not really a pleasure, but a duty rankings. So <laughs> And to you have your a lot credit, of those, and to your credit, uh, I believe he's thrown 31 touchdown passes in his last 12 games. So yeah, he so is he's certainly got- throwing touchdowns, which we want because that, you know, wins us fantasy matchups. Yeah, touchdowns are and touchdowns, in my honest opinion, <laughs> are usually good. So yeah. yeah, nice. We agree there. Uh, let's transition to Lamar Miller, who finally got into the end zone last week. Um, Pat, you have him as the running back five. There are some really nice matchups at the top. But you rank him, obviously, at five. But going up against the Denver Broncos, who a lot of people think are might be the best defense in the league, but have been run on a little bit this year. Yeah, I mean, the way to get to the Broncos is to run on them. And they've uh, allowed the 12th most fantasy points to opposing run, running backs. They're allowing uh, 113 yards per game. And you know, I know Brock Osweiler has really been struggling, but the, you know, the Broncos passing attack, you know, it's really kind of been taking steps back each of the few weeks. And I don't think the Broncos are going to bury the Texans early necessarily. And I think you know, Lamar Miller's averaging what? I think it's 24 touches per game. Yeah, 24 touches. Yeah, 24 touches. Yeah, which is like probably the single biggest thing I go on in the rankings is volume. Mm-hmm. And we know he's going to have volume. I think the game will stay close enough. We'll be able to get his typical volume. And you know, they might be the best overall defense in the league. But yeah, if you're going to get them, it's on the ground. And I just don't think the matchup is as bad for Lamar Miller as it looks on paper. How about someone who's obviously been in the news because he has a prime matchup up against the San Francisco 49ers, who we know that everyone is running against, and that is Jacquez Rogers. Um, it seems like, as we're taping this, that Doug Martin is out this week, maybe even longer because he suffered a setback with his hamstring injury. So enter Jacquez Rogers, who had, what, like 30 carries against the Carolina Panthers before the bye and only managed just over 100 yards on them. Uh, do you expect him? And you have him, at Pat, at running back 11, so you see running back one numbers from Jacquez Rogers this week. Yeah, you know, again, this isn't like uh... – it's not like I'm super thrilled to have Jaquiz Rogers as a running back one when like 
You've been a fanboy for a while. Don't lie. Yeah, when I woke, I was at Oregon State actually, to okay. be honest. But like when I woke up this morning, you know, he was probably like in the 40s or 50s or whatever. But yeah, you laid it out pretty well. I mean, he had 35 touches in Week Five before they went on by 30 rushes and five catches, and now he's got the backfield to himself against the 49ers defense. It's allowing 174 rushing yards Amazing. per game. The Bucks, you know, already wanted to be. They've been talking about being more run heavy. They're passing too much because they have been passing too much. Vincent Jackson just went down this week. So just, everything points to like a massive run game commitment from the Bucks. And Jaquiz Rogers might not be good, but he's in the right place at the right time for fantasy this week. Um, I don't know, and I haven't asked you a daily question at all. I don't even know if you play. But do you think he's a, a must play this week in cash games? I can guarantee – I do play daily, by the way. I'm not uh, – Say, I mean, I've won a few dollars this year. Right. Yeah, how about that? Uh, I want to ask like, you lost, but yeah, I'm not. Uh, I have not been. <laughs> I'm the same uh, way. Having, I have not been having the hottest daily year, but uh, yeah, I think for sure yeah, he'll be. If you ask Evan or Nick, Evan Silver, Nick Menzel, like, oh yeah, quiz and what would they say? Quiz and cash? Because yes. I mean, you gotta, yeah, because yeah, cash. You know, you want like uh, you kind of want to find the safer points. And yeah, I mean, the, he's going to be so cheap with s- such a high floor right. that yes, I think he's, he's definitely going to be a chalk play this week. How about Robert Woods? This is kind of a random one um, at wide receiver 38 for you going against the Miami dolphins who we know have struggled obviously in the back end and now they're losing maybe their best defensive player other than Dom Kong Su and Rashad Jones. Um, you have him at wide receiver 38, Pat um, that's ahead of names like Sterling Shepard, like John Brown, like Will Fuller, I could name a few more, but I'm not saying you're confident in Robert Woods, but that's certainly ahead <laughs> of, you know, some other, maybe bigger, higher profile names. Why? Well, I just, his floor is so stable. I mean, basically, I, when you start Robert Woods, I'd be shocked to hit like fewer than five catches and 40 yards. And he finally scored a touchdown last week. So yeah. that's really good news. <laughs> and I know, all, I know for whatever reason, the Dolphins became the 85 Bears last week against the Steelers. But I mean, injuring Ben Roethlisberger was a big part of that. But, you know, you got to be an angry, swarming defense to injure the quarterback. But, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, they just lost Rashad Jones. They are weak at every level of the defense and I just like a lot of those guys that are ranked around Robert Robert Woods like Sterling Shepard and John Brown Tavon Austin are just very volatile and Robert Woods obviously you don't think upside when you think Robert Woods but you know in that that back end our wide receiver three low end wide receiver four I just think he's a really stable safe option so yeah that's why he's there and you're kind of on the conservative end of this if we're just looking at the numbers because since Sammy Watkins was placed in IR Robert Woods has 27% of the team's targets and I believe was a top 36 score in three of those four games. And I said, I believe I'm actually reading that from Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the, pro- the problem with Robert Woods, you know, is that I, I'm not, lo- I'm not looking this stat up either right now, but I think he's averaging 2.3 yards per catch. Ooh. Uh, so no, I mean, that's, that, that would not be possible. I don't think <laughs> at the NFL level, but so, yeah, again, I didn't get the you humor don't, there. I was taking you seriously for a moment. <laughs> If you don't, yeah, you don't think upside when you think Robert Woods, no. but he's got a nice, he keeps the floor swept. It's just tile. It's not wood. It's nice. not marble, it's but it's, it's a nice tile floor. He keeps it swept and yeah, he's wide receiver 38 just feels right for him. So how about a tight end? Let's end there uh, with Hunter Henry, the rookie tight end out of San Diego, not, not of San Diego, playing for San Diego out of Arkansas. Um, look, he, I, I really liked him 
and played him when Antonio Gates was out. Obviously, Antonio Gates came back and Hunter Henry's snaps went down, but he was tremendously efficient um, when on the field and was targeted and has become a favorite target of Phillip Rivers. Again, you have a, a tight end eight. Are you worried at all about the limited snaps, but do you think that just because the tight end position is kind of so bleak that he's worth a play as a tight end one? Yeah, tight end position is definitely bleak, and I think I actually have him probably – from like this, what I've seen around Twitter today, I feel like maybe I have him kind of low oh, wow. compared to the consensus. And people, yeah, it's the new shiny toy syndrome. And you kind of alluded to it, where like he had, he's had two good games now with Antonio Gates in the lineup. So I think people are like starting to feel like he's in he's impervious to outside threat. That like all of a sudden he's like this matchup proof player that like you know he's always produced in two games in Antonio Gates. So he's like legit for sure. But you kind of alluded to some of the looming issues there where, yeah, it's, he's had two good games, Antonio Gates back, but it's important to remember Antonio Gates was coming off a hamstring injury and had to play two games in five days. Right. They had the Thursday night game. And then Antonio Gates actually ran more pass routes in week six last Thursday than Hunter Henry. So I agree with you. There's a lot of like lots of reasons to worry and that he might not be a real tight end one but this week they've got a really really good matchup you know falcons team that kind of bleeds fantasy points to tight ends and it should be a high scoring game so this week i think he's he's got just enough I, I, i'm worried about him but this week i think it, it sets up just enough for him that i i'm not really i'm not like scared about having him in the top I'm, eight i'm gonna throw another random name at you and we did not prepare for this one um because you don't have him on your rankings because honestly we have no idea it seems like he's practicing this week and who knows what that means but tyler eifert um do you think Eifert is a must start if he is active, even if it comes out he has limited snaps, maybe just red zone work, just because his tight end, his, his touchdown upside is so high? Yeah, I think so because I mean, look at we, you know, if you're thinking deciding between like Tyler Eifert and like Dennis Pitta or Cameron Brait, like like you said, if if he plays this week, his snaps he'll be on a snap count undoubtedly, but right. yeah, they'll all be like important snaps, like like basically the money snaps. So yeah, if Tyler Eifert played this week, I wouldn't really be worried about like a Gronk type letdown because he's not contending with any Martellus Bennett type competition. I think I think they'll confidently target him over CJ Uzuma in the red zone. So yeah, I would consider Tyler Eifert a must start if he does come back this week, which I don't, I don't have a good feeling. I don't think he's going to, but I mean, he's certainly overdue to be back. I really think Roto world talks about CJ Uzama more than any other. Like I've heard Nick and Evan talk about him like at least a few weeks. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up his name as well. Nick's got a man crush yes, on the old, like CJU, but uh, <laughs> hasn't pay, hasn't made him any money so far, but you know, one of these days, Loyalty will get you far in this world. All right, Pat, you're the man. Um, and as always, all of you listening out there can check out Pat's rankings, obviously on rotorworld.com, and they update all the way up to Sunday's games. Um, and again, thank you for subscribing and listening, and we will talk to you all next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson. 
It's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.